You're listening to the Art of Living Well podcast with Father Ian Van Heusen. Hi, Father Ian Van Heusen here. I'm here with Rob Agnelli. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 10 virtues of Mary. Today we're going to be, in this particular uh, segment, we're going to be talking about the virtue of humility. But before we get into that, Rob, remind us a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Rob Agnelli. I uh, live in Raleigh. Uh, I've been a cradle Catholic all my life, um, and I'm pretty excited about talking about this because I'm a total mama's boy, yeah. really devotion to, to Mary, so this okay. is going to be great. When he's also, you studied, you got a master's? I have a master's degree in theology, the Concentration of World Theology. You've published a few articles, yeah. first things, done yep. all that yep. stuff. All that good stuff. Absolutely. Okay, so, so jump in a little bit. We're going we're gonna to start by not uh, directly talking about the humility with the Blessed Virgin Mary, but we're going to talk about something a little bit different at first. The movies, the, the Marvel movies, right? So my sister has this theory that everybody relates to a particular Marvel character and it kind of reveals their personality and their temperament. So what your, yeah, yours is... I almost kind of can't admit it, like it's Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see like that clean cut, like all-American yeah, Boy what, Scout? What I well, like they, they about call him Boy is Scout, the way right? he doesn't change. Like he's still the same guy even after. That's what I like about him, how it, like his integrity stays throughout. And he doesn't change, no matter how, how great like this gift is that he's given, I think is, is what I like. And that's interesting. Yeah, that, that's why I like him. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's authentic, kind of Boy Scout, good yeah. in two-shoe, yeah. but he's, he's always a consistent character. Yep. yep. And, and this is kind of a leading into it, because my favorite character is Tony Sparks with... Uh, Sparks? Sparks? Stark. Stark, yeah. Stark, thank you. Uh, Iron Man. And, you know, he's kind of flashy. Uh, He's kind of boisterous out there kind of thing. And, and the funny thing is, is, and I was leading into this whole idea of humility, is when I was growing up or whatever, I was very confident and in a lot of ways kind of cocky, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the stories um, that I had from when I was a kid, there was an NYU student film that, that they were coming up from New York City to film at our high school. And I told a friend, I was like, you know, I'm only going to be in it if I have a starring role. And everybody's like, wow. And I did. I got a starring role. And they're like, wow, you are so freaking cocky. Yeah. And um, so, so Tony Sparks, Starks has that similar kind of swagger. And, you know, I really segueing into humility and talking about humility is I, I, got, to, I got to thinking when I was in seminary, because I recognized in this, this in myself that I was very confident and, and, and sometimes when it's a fault, it's cocky. I, I was meditating on humbly think of others as better than yourself from St. Paul. St. Paul says that multiple different places. I was telling you about this before. Mm-hmm. In my meditation, I was like, okay, I can accept that some people are better than me and humbly think of certain people as better than myself. But I was looking around the chapel at seminary. I was like, you know, that guy I can accept as being better than me. But what, what about that guy? Like that guy, like... I think, I think I'm better than that guy. And yeah. of course, I recognize immediately that that's not humble. But like, I recognize that in myself, that there's part of me that I, I perceive myself to be either morally superior to others, or I, uh, like I have more talents with speaking, with writing, with content creation, whatever. How do I recognize that I have certain talents and yet I perceive that I am better than somebody? How do I humbly think of others as better than myself? What's, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? So, so I always go back to St. Teresa of Avila, right? She says, humility is truth, right? Uh, so th- those things are true, right? Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes, I mean, certainly there's times when... You're delusional. Yeah, you're delusional. But, 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 but hypothetically... But yeah, I mean, you're a talented guy, right? Now, obviously, yeah. we're here, right? Yeah. Um, and I think to, to really know the truth about yourself, in some ways, is liberating, first of all. But second of all, um, it's what you do with that, not in the sense of 
are, do you think you're the source of those, right? Like yeah. where did those gifts come from? Where did that ability come from? And, and once you understand where it came from, then it's, it's much easier to look at it honestly and, and see yourself, right? Absolutely. The, the way that you, know, you were there, made. And there are, some, there are some souls like St. John Vianney that they really, um, they have this kind of simple view of the world and themselves where they, they don't recognize their own greatness. Like I, I encountered a soul like that once, a, an older man. He really did not understand how holy he was. He was just so humble and lowly. And I think there's, there's beauty in that and there's truth in that. Um, but I don't think that's the humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary necessarily. I think, I mean, so we were talking about before, if you read the Magnificat or you read the scriptures where she talks about herself, she seems to recognize her, posi her position. Yeah, it's the, pretty the, bold to say all generations will call me blessed, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, know. well, when you break that down, the, I, was, I was actually looking at it in the Vulgate, so a little bit of a, a, a side stick. I've been really fascinated with the, yeah, the we've Vulgate. Talked about it. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about it, I know. So everybody who knows me, Tim included, has encountered the, 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 the three-paragraph text message at like 9 p.m. when I'm excited about something. So we've had a few of those exchanges. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit eccentric that way. But, so, but what I've been struck, struck by is when you look at the Vulgate and you look at some of the translations, the connection with the words. So when she says that word, all generations will call me blessed, beata in the Latin, it connects with the beatitudes and also this idea of blessedness in the Old Testament, which is not just simply man, things are going really well for me. No, it's like, it's the connotation of happy. The Greek is makarios. Mm -hmm. The connotation is holy. The connotation is something special, right? Yeah, and, and, and you know, by all appearances, she didn't look all that blessed, right? Like, like yeah. it, was, it was hard, right? And, yeah. and part of her humility, which makes her really appealing, which sort of sits with that, right, is the fact that, that all of her gifts that she got from God, she kind of kept hidden. And, and let God be the one to reveal them, right? Like I think about the example of St. Joseph, right? Where, mm -hmm. where this amazing thing happens to her and she waits for God to tell Joseph what happened, right? Like that's, like I can't imagine, begin to imagine what that was like, mm. but you think about it, you get this, this, like I'm gonna be the mother of the Messiah and you just wait for God to tell your husband, right? Yeah. Like uh, just a beautiful, like to make sure that she didn't steal any of the glory from God. Yeah. She's just like, I'll just quietly suffer like confusion, God will straighten it out and he'll be glorified in doing it, right? Yeah. So there's a beauty to that, right? A beauty and a yeah. simplicity to well, it. Well, you can contrast it now, joking around a little bit, Tony Stark's with Iron Man. Remember the scene in the Iron Man movies where he says like, he announces that he's Iron Man? Yeah. It's like he can't keep it in. Yeah. He's at the press conference. He's like, I am Iron Man. Yeah. And the opposite of that is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't go out and tell everybody. She doesn't spread it around, but she knows that it'll happen. She knows that all generations will call her blessed. Yeah. She knows her unique role, but yet she waits for God to take the lead, right? Yeah. It's really, I mean, we, 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 we could potentially say that even among the apostles and the disciples, they might've known the full truth when they saw Luke's gospel, maybe for the first time. We're not sure how much she told the people that were in the inner circle. Yeah, well, there's, there's a beauty even to that, right? The way Luke describes the upper room at, at Pentecost, right? He names mm -hmm. Mary last, right? Yeah. Like the, there's, and she's obviously the greatest person in the room and it's like the last will be first, right? And, and yeah. even, the, you know, St. Luke clearly spent a lot of time with the Blessed Mother, right? And, yeah. and you can almost see her, her hand in a little bit of 
No, no, don't, don't put me first. Don't put me first. Put me last. Yeah, because, you know, God promises the last will be first. Well, and so I was telling you about with the Latin oh, yeah, and with the Dewey Rames, yeah, with, um, it, with building on what you were saying. And the and Dewey Rames, I'd have to look at the exact word. In, in the current English translation that we use more often, it's he's looked with favor on his lowly servant. I think the Latin would be a little bit closer to something like, and probably the Greek, I assume, because the Latin seems to be closer to the Greek sometimes mm -hmm. in the English translation, is something like he has looked with delight on the, the humility of his servant. So like she sees herself as being humble, but that- Which I, is weird, right? It's yeah. A little bit weird. Like the, the, the thing, you know, you go like, as soon as you call yourself humble, you know you're not, right? Like yeah. it, it's a really strange phenomenon, I think in a, little, a lot of ways. Um, but again, she's so deeply rooted in what is pleasing to God, right? The book of James says, like God pours graces on the humble, right? Like he's just yeah. waiting for you to, because only the humble can receive grace in the end, right? Mm -hmm. And of course the, the lowest, of the low receives the fullness of grace, yeah. right? and, and and so for in our own lives, that's that's where the challenge is, right? Where you, you know you have a lot of gifts, okay. Well, what does that mean, yeah. and and what are you going to turn? Well, like what are you going to turn into from those gifts? Are you going to you know recognize that all good things come from from above, or are you going to try to steal a little bit of that, right? Which is yeah. vainglory, right? Like ultimately, and there's none of that in Our Lady. Yeah, let's flesh it out a little bit. I think you made a great point there that. You said, it, you said it well succinctly that I think could flesh out a little bit. So humility is not, so I, I, I propose, could Michael Jordan be humble and still recognize that he's the greatest basketball player? Maybe he's not, but you get what I'm yeah. saying. The idea of the thought experiment. And the idea would be is that you can be humble and be the best if you recognize that you're the reason why you're the best, the reason why you're great is not you, but God that it is God working in you, it's his grace, it's the gift of his mercy, which appears a lot in the Magnificat, is this idea, the idea of mercy and the idea of grace is that we don't earn it, that everything that we have is good, all of our talents, our natural abilities, are a gift of God's grace and we did not earn them. And this is a classic idea throughout that, that everything that we, the only thing we can claim for our own, properly speaking, is our sins and our faults, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, and being comfortable when people don't recognize it. So like, yeah. go, picking on Michael Jordan a little bit, right? Like, is Michael Jordan okay with not being recognized? Even if in truth, he is the greatest basketball player ever. Is he okay with not being recognized as that? And, and letting God reveal it to whoever he needs to reveal it or whatever, right? And that's a lot of ways is, is another aspect of Our Lady's humility is this willingness to be seen just, you know, as, as this, you know, little yeah. girl and, you know, backwoods Nazareth and, and all of that and be comfortable with that and not have to kind of prove her worth. Yeah, but that, that's a, that's a, that, that actually is surprising me a little bit because I hadn't thought about that until we started talking is that sense of not looking for the recognition and recognizing that it'll be found in God or whatever, like that hidden life, the, yeah. the contemplative life because Michael Jordan wouldn't be okay with, you know, you know, if you were doing an interview with Michael Jordan, you said, you know, I think LeBron James is the greatest basketball yeah. player. He'd, He'd immediately challenge him, right? Exactly. <laughs> He'd immediately challenge him. And, and, you know, again, we're using like a natural example, but I think it's St. Alphonsus Liguori uses the example of Our Lady. He says, she wasn't there on Palm Sunday because she was afraid that she'd be elevated somehow, right? Oh, but she's there at the foot of the cross because yeah. she knows she'll be looked down upon, you know, while her son is hanging there. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful image, right, of what humility truly is, this willingness to be seen mm -hmm. to be way less than you really are. And, and in the end, right, like the glory comes 
maybe not then, but later. Right. And, and what's the work that cites that? I'm I think it's the glories of Mary. So in the back of the glories of Mary, there is, I think he has seven virtues. And you know, the, the first one he does is humility. There's like humility, charity, obedience, almost the same. We're going to cover. Yeah. Um, with St. Louis de Montfort. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, Louis we're basing ours on the list by St. Louis de Montfort, but actually in his work, I don't know. I, I was trying to research it. He doesn't flesh them out. He just, no, not really. It's just in one, it's in like two or three paragraphs, right? Like yeah. one, one, paragraph 108 has them all listed out. Yeah. Um, and there seems to be a progression in them, which we'll probably talk about. But you know, he doesn't ever really flesh them out, right? He just says, you know, profound humility, and then leaves it to the reader to figure out, okay, what, what does that actually look like, right? Yeah, and then they develop probably a tradition afterwards. Yeah, and, and some of that is like the genius of the entire work, right? Is that he's trying to get you to actually talk to the Blessed Mother about it, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And develop this relationship with her so that, you know, you're left with questions rather than all answers. And, you know, then it becomes a an idea rather than a relationship. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's an interesting thing to ponder. So I think one of the things we should leave is we should lead it back to meditation and prayer. How do we integrate this, right? So we've talked about the Blessed Virgin Mary recognized her greatness in the eyes of God, but also re recognized it as pure gift. And she was willing to be hidden. Um, I think there's a few possibilities. I think the classic one for married couples is doing good things for your spouses and doing good things for your community and for your children and not seeking right. Now, I think this could be misconstrued. I think there's definitely, there needs to be words of affirmation. There needs to be some kind mm, of oh, recognition. Sure. But I think, isn't there sometimes like a temptation probably in marriage? Like let's say in a normal marriage, not in one where you're being neglected by yeah. your spouse to like. like oh no, definitely you, there, there is, um, there's a supernatural push to do things in a hidden way. And then, you know, the old man gets in the way and goes, hey, you know, I did all this. You didn't say a word about it or, yeah. um, you know, it's th yeah. that, that idea. That's, it's hard, right? It's hard. Um, and that's why marriage is a sacrament. Yeah. Um, but still, it, you know, hidden, hidden things, right? Like mm -hmm. go back to the wedding of Cana, at Cana right? Mm -hmm. What Our Lady did was really pretty hidden, right? Yeah. Pretty hidden and, and probably pretty hidden in all of our lives. How many times she's stepped in and we don't even know it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is a key aspect of humility. And I'm not good at that. So I'll give you an example of how I've not done well at the hidden things. So last week we had a retreat with the, the college students. So when this comes out, it'll probably be in a few months or mm -hmm. so, or maybe like four or five weeks. But we just did a retreat with ECU Newman. And I, don't know, I think everybody knows about my altar setup, right? And then I did the flowers. So I was not at all good at doing like the hidden stuff on this. But the, the sense was what I've learned with things like in, in ministry, what I've learned about things like good design, graphic design, um, uh, also the um, like the altar setup. So I, I have this altar cloth so that basically we can do a traveling altar. And then I did the flowers, which I joked around with the guys. Like I, I did not lose man points for this because mm. it's for the Lord. The guy's like, yeah, no, totally fine. Um, Wait, so just because you do it for the Lord, you don't lose benefits? <laughs> <laughs> there might be a whole conversation there. Keep going there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sure it's fine to do flowers. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but, um, I, well, I did the flyers because it just worked out the best. Mm. So, um, I did the altar setup and all that. And so one of the dynamics with some of those, those details is in the big scheme of things, very rarely when you're planning events and doing things, do people compliment you on those little details, right? It's often hidden work. And I, I'm sure Tim experiences this a lot. Um, like the difference between a really good video and like an excellent video, very few people notice the difference in those fine details. 
but they add up, they make a huge difference, right? And so I think with, with, with families and with wives and with husbands, doing those little things for your spouses and your kids, sometimes maybe you want the recognition, but the recognition is the well-running family, the, 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 the joy. Yeah, and, and the, the temptation, right? Like your example is a great example, right? The, the temptation is to only focus on the things that are gonna make you the center of attention. Like, yeah. why are you, why do you care about the altar flowers? It has nothing to do about Father Ian, right? It's like, if you really, if you want the attention on you, like, you're almost like, I don't want to distract anyone. Like, and it's not necessarily it would be, you would do it on purpose, but there's a, a mindset, right, where you're just thinking, okay, like, why would I waste my energy on something so small? As if yeah. I'm not small enough to do that. Um, and, and, that you know, and I think that temptation becomes more and more real the more gifts you have yeah. right so you can imagine our lady going you know feeling the same way like why would i run and serve my cousin like you know i just yeah. got this right and and for me that's that's a temptation all the time i'm like okay, that that's kind of beneath me right like that, yeah. that thing is a little beneath me um and i you know sometimes i catch it sometimes i don't but it it, it really manifests itself in in married mm-hmm. life because i'm not going to get thank you for cleaning the dishes Right? I'm just, that's not going to happen because you know what? Yeah. Somebody's got to clean the dishes. Yeah. But the, 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 and this is what I've learned about attending to those details is paradoxically, if you attend to those details, you can't do a one for one correlation, but your spouse feels more appreciated and there's all of these benefits that you can't directly connect the two. Um, I'll give you another example. You know, I've been really focusing on like making my bed and keeping my apartment more clean and mm-hmm. orderly. And, um, and, and not that I was a complete slob, but I, I kind of was. I was kind of a little bit of a slob. Yeah. I lived by myself. But the funny thing is I've noticed with my dog is that when I keep my apartment a little bit tidier, I can't, I can't say it directly related, but he seems to be calmer. Like he uh, seems, I mean, and, and does my dog really care if I make my bed? Probably not. Yeah. But I, I do. I yeah, do. Well, maybe it's you, right? Like, so exactly. peace is the tranquility of order, right? Yeah. So you create exterior order and interior order in your soul. All of a sudden, like you're exuding peace, right? And, yeah. and who knows what effect that has on, on your dog, right? I mean, it's, exactly. it's kind of silly in one way, but not in another way, right? Like, well, it's a good metaphor, yeah. I think, because we think in a lot of our relationships that it's, it's purely the, that which can be measured or that which can be directly perceived. Yeah. But... You know. I, I like to call those like aesthetics things, the things that make the gift of yourself more beautiful, right? Yeah. Like you could just give yourself just plain Jane and, and good, fine. But those little the attention to details, the little tiny things are like they're aesthetically make the thing aesthetically pleasing, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, so the next we'll be doing the rest of the 10 virtues and we'll kind of be moving on. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me.